Welcome to the Dental Practitioner, podcasts for the profession. In this week's podcast, Dr. Colette Daly from ADA New South Wales Centre for Professional Development chats with Dr. Leon W. Cowan, a clinical hypnotherapist, about the use of hypnotherapy and its applications in dentistry. Welcome, Leon, and thank you for coming and talking to us today. My pleasure. To start off with, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I've been a clinical hypnotherapist since 1974 started teaching in the 80s. I founded the Academy of Applied Hypnosis and we've had courses accredited, government accredited up to advanced diploma. My PhD is out of the School of Medicine, University of Western Sydney, on educational hypnosis. Currently, I lecture to universities, to various organisations who want to know about hypnosis. And I also go out and talk to, say, Probus, Lions, Rotary, just to give back. So you mentioned then the word hypnosis and the word hypnotherapy. Mm -hmm. Could you tell us what the difference is and how do they work? There is great dissension over the differences between these terms. In the literature, they're used interchangeably. Some of the queries between practitioners are, shall we say, debated robustly. To me, hypnosis is the state. And the state, I believe, is akin to meditation, deep relaxation, mindfulness, etc. Literature doesn't have anything really concrete one way or the other. Now, hypnotherapy is the use of that state in a therapeutic structure. So it's where you add in things like psychotherapy, neurolinguistic programming, aspects of counseling techniques. So where they're all combined in a very advanced way to what hypnosis would be by itself. Is it important to note the difference between the two terms, hypnosis and hypnotherapy? It's a good idea to understand the difference because Somebody who puts a person into hypnosis then can give them suggestions and get the true benefits of the hypnosis, which are amplified when you use the other psychotherapeutic structures, and that converts it to hypnotherapy. It's a more advanced, more complex type structure. Do we know how hypnotherapy works? No. (laughs) There are a number of theories. Hypnosis is really the ultimate placebo effect. But the total structures, how it works, the processes that go on within the brain, we're still mapping. We, we don't understand fully. We know it works. We can replicate the effect. We can observe it. There are changes in behavior, such as gagging. Someone came along, used various techniques. The gagging stopped. How do we stop a physiological reaction? We don't know, but it happens. And this is what we use to help people overcome all sorts of issues, not only dental issues and dental fears. We've all seen on stage and on television people being put under hypnosis. Is that a fair representation of hypnosis or how it's used clinically? To a point, but just before I answer your question, you actually said put under hypnosis. That's a common term which is used where, in fact, the person is in hypnosis, right? What you see on stage can be done. Often when it's a stage show, they have people there who will respond. But bear in mind that when you put someone into hypnosis, it amplifies their own resources, what they can do. They've done experimentations with university students, which are always great guinea pigs, 
and they immersed their forearm into iced water and just let them leave it there. And they kept it there for an incredible length of time in comparison to someone who wasn't hypnotised. There is something going on. We need more research to know how we're accessing this and what we're doing. But it is quite brilliant. Stage hypnosis and clinical hypnosis use the same state so that what happens, what you're seeing on stage is actually happening. Now imagine that potency for an individual within the dentist chair, if they can get that relaxed, if they can accept suggestions so that they can keep their mouth open, their jaw is relaxed, so the gag reflex is reduced, their dental fears can be gone. And that's the same as if they were on stage, but used in a clinical setting. Talking about using hypnosis in a clinical and particular dental setting, when would an oral health practitioner refer a patient for hypnosis or hypnotherapy? When the person, say, has some dental fears, if there is an over-amplified gag reflex, if someone is reticent for some reason, they may be reticent for a needle, they may not feel that they can lean back and actually have work done on their teeth or, say, the dentist's tools going into their mouth, any of those things are ideal and hypnosis can assist. So anything that's interfering with what the dentist needs to do can be done that way. I've seen a lot of people for bruxism, clenching, grinding. There often can be a psychological cause to it. If somebody doesn't want to say things, psychologically, they can just lock their mouth shut and clench their teeth to stop saying things. Hypnosis can assist with overcoming the psychological side so it stops the bruxism, the nocturnal bruxism. How many sessions typically would a treatment take? Look, it varies. If there's a psychological issue, it can take a little bit longer. As an average, I'd say a half a dozen. But if the person responds quickly, it can be less. But if there are psychological issues, such as someone was hurt by a dentist years ago, then we may need to overcome that problem. Once that's overcome, then the problem is fixed. But it can take longer. So you say that the problem is fixed. Does that mean that there's a permanent change created by hypnosis? Oh, yeah, for sure. Look, if you think of it in the way that if someone is scared of dogs and we find out they were bitten by a dog when they were younger, if they can come to realise that that happened, say, 20 years ago, they're now an adult, they no longer need to be scared of dogs, they can use other mechanisms once they actually understand that the issue was that long ago so that the little boy or little girl inside them is no longer scared, then they view it as an adult-type situation. And if you think of situations when you were younger, something was really important to you then and had enormous meaning, but as an adult, it doesn't have that same meaning. And that's the process that we bring in. So to change it from the views of, say, a child or someone who's been hurt to that of an adult who can view it more logically. Many people are scared of being vulnerable whilst being hypnotised. Are there any suggestions as to how these fears can be allayed? The dentist can do a lot of it, and that's if they experience hypnosis themselves or educate themselves about hypnosis, like listening to this podcast, because they are somebody... They're a professional who is already trusted by the client or the patient. So what happens if they can reassure them 
then let them talk to the hypnotherapist. I get a lot of people talking to me simply to understand what's going on and just having their questions answered helps significantly. Are there hypnotherapists who specialise in dental-related hypnotherapy or can all qualified clinicians treat dental patients? All qualified clinicians can treat dental issues. I don't know specifically of anyone who has specialised in this. However, there are dentists who use hypnosis and use it very effectively. And there's an organisation called the Australian Society of Hypnosis. Some of their membership are dentists. If a patient has had hypnotherapy for a dental-related phobia or another problem such as an exaggerated gag reflex, are there any special precautions that the dentist needs to take with regards to the management of that patient? Just to keep being positive about what they're saying with regards to the whole thing and be supportive. That's really all it is. There's nothing else that needs to be done. So there's nothing that you should or shouldn't say to the patient? No, not really. Just communicate with the patient. And if they've got questions, talk to the hypnotherapist. One of the things that I have done in the past when I work with dentists is that the client comes to me, I set them up, and I actually pass a trigger word to the dentist so that they can go to the dentist. The dentist then uses the trigger word. The person goes into the hypnotic state and they're ready for whatever happens. I also train the client, and what happens is that they use self-hypnosis as well, and they're working off hypnotic suggestions, so they know that when they go into the dentist's chair, that is when everything starts. The relaxation starts, they're much calmer, etc. So it's a collaboration between the dentist and the hypnotherapist and the patient in order to reach that relaxed state. Very much so. Look, sometimes it works Absolutely incredibly. You go, gee, how could this happen? There was a client who was referred to me with an exaggerated gag reflex. And it all happened in one session. I saw him a second session just to make sure everything was where it needed to be. But he, if he was brushing his teeth, if he happened to touch the back of his tongue, he'd start dry retching. After one session, he said he was in the shower, he tried it, nothing happened. So... That was fine. He went to the dentist. Everything was fine. Are there age limits as to who can have hypnotherapy? As long as the person can hold a normal conversation and understand what's going on, there is no age limit. And are there any medical or psychological conditions where hypnotherapy can't or shouldn't be used? Not so much can't, but you need caution if someone has severe mental health issues such as psychosis or schizophrenia, you need to make sure that whoever is working with the client with hypnosis and hypnotherapy needs to be skilled, very skilled. How can our listeners be sure that they are consulting a properly qualified practitioner? Probably the best way would be talk to them and find out what associations they belong to. There are major professional associations, which is the Australian Society of Hypnosis, who restrict their membership to other health professionals. There are organisations such as the Australian Hypnotherapists Association and they have highly skilled members, as does the Australian Society of Clinical Hypnotherapists. But they're all just names. The idea would be one of the things that the Academy does is we operate something called the Hypnosis Advisory Line. If someone needs a referral to another hypnotherapist, 
they can give us a call and we're happy to refer or give information. So one of our members or a member of the public can call this advisory line? The number is 02-9415-6500. Again, 02-9415-6500. And from anywhere in the state or New South Wales or across Australia. That's good to know. Yep. So, Leon, what sort of fees would you expect to pay for a session of hypnotherapy? Look, it varies depending on the skill of the hypnotherapist and uh, where they're located, etc. It could be from anything as low as $100 up to $250. And are those fees covered by Medicare or health funds? Not by Medicare as yet. Some psychologists may be able to, under certain conditions, bill it within certain structures, but generally Medicare doesn't cover. The health funds, some health funds cover, but check with the health fund, see what happens. Could I or one of my staff train to do hypnosis purely for dental work? And if so, are there reputable organisations which can provide this training? Yes, this is one of the things that we do. And we have an online course so that people can do it from anywhere. They can do it at home when it's convenient for them, and then we have telephone and email support. I've trained a number of people, dental hygienists, who actually work and need to be able to do this because some people just have great, great trouble with getting their teeth cleaned, let alone anything else. And it's totally different. They just don't see the dental work as bad as getting their teeth cleaned. It's quite interesting. But Yes, there are a number of dental hygienists that I've worked with and, of course, dentists as well. If our listeners would like to find out more information on hypnotherapy, are there any good brochures or reputable websites you could recommend? Probably the main association would be the Australian Society of Hypnosis. We, as I said, have the hypnosis advisory line. We are happy to take calls from other health professionals because we want to make sure they get the right information. They can contact us either by email or phone. And also, I'm happy to speak to various continuing education dental groups if they want a presentation like this. And the way I do it is you get to ask all the questions you want. Thank you, Leon, for talking to us today. It was lots of useful information there for dentists and oral health practitioners. And hopefully they will use the resources that you mentioned if they need help in their practice. Thank you for your invitation.